0: So, as of today, April Fool's Day, I have persevered through 21 years of marriage. Yep. And it has been super easy and completely romantic every second, just like I always imagined it would be. So, today, our oldest, we have three girls. Our oldest daughter is Delaney. She's a sophomore at FSU, and um, she texted this morning to her daddy and I, and she said, Happy birthday, my sweet nuggets. I love you and miss you very much. I know. She still loves me, even though she's in college. So reassuring. So yes, 21 years, and I can tell you that it has been hard super duper hard really hard times when uh i was like what have i done and then other times when i was like this is the greatest thing in the world and i don't know if it reassures you or not but the longer time goes on i have more of the this is the greatest thing in the world than i have of the what have i done which is reassuring since you know he's a pastor on staff and stuff but anyway um when um this this topic is something I wrestle with because I want to say this at the outset. Um, I don't I don't ever want anybody to think that we get up here and this is super easy for us and we've got it all together. And you know, Abigail comes up and she's so cute and her kids are dressed in superhero costumes and they and we talk and I talk about marriage, so obviously it's super easy for me. I want you guys to understand that. We're just allowed to talk about it because for this season of our life, God has allowed this. We have struggles, problems, issues. If you have a couple days, I can tell you all of mine. Um, but I don't want you to hear, when I talk about these things, I don't ever want you to hear that I think I have some secret answer, like Abigail spoke about, that this plus this equals some formula and it's going to make it awesome. All we really know is that all of these things should drive us back to the foot of the cross and to God's word. So that's what we want you to hear more than anything else about marriage and parenting. So when I was growing up, I know that you guys have heard of the book, too, The Little Engine That Could. And he, you know, all the other trains, all the other engines were saying, oh, that's too hard, I can't do it, it's too difficult. And this one little engine's like, I think I can I think I can, 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 I think I can. And he does. He does it. He's, he gets all the way up. And then he was like, I thought I could. And and so we read that and we go, we could do it. Do we just pep talk ourselves enough every day? I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think. And then we're like rocking ourselves in fetal position in the corner. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. That's a whole other story. but But so perseverance it is a long road in marriage and in motherhood and it's just like as my mom used to always say it's just so daily every day these people want to eat (sighs) they keep wearing clothes it's just such a grind every day it's there and then it's like, you know, everybody talks about how magical the holidays are, and you're like, yeah, it's really magical for me, because I clean, and then I clean again, and then I clean up the wrapping paper, and then I make dinner, a giant dinner, and then I clean that up. So yeah, it's pretty fun and relaxing for me. And I was out to dinner with some friends the other night, and we were talking about like Mother's Day, and the, the woman and I were laughing because my husband said to, said to me a few years ago, he goes, okay... What do you want for Mother's Day? And it can't be by being by yourself again. I'm like... (laughs) And the other mother was like, Yes! That's all I want. I just want to go to the bathroom alone. I just want a second without somebody drooling on me or touching me. And um, (laughs) isn't it true? So does anyone... Okay, does anyone ask for like a day off? Like for Mother's Day? Okay. I want Matt Lomenick to note on this recording that the majority of women in the room have raised their hands. I'm not alone. So it's just like, it's hard. It's long. It's Your life changes from all this glamour you think it's going to be to just you're so full of joy when your linen closet is clean or when there's a bogo on chicken at Publix. You're like... Or even if you could go to Publix alone, you're like, this is the best day of my life. And to go to Target by yourself, oh my gosh, that is like a birthday treat. Yeah, and dangerous. Yes, it was all on clearance. Um, so, so, yeah, so how do you do this? How do you do this stuff? And then on top of just the dailiness, the crud, the bad traffic, by the way, who's the genius that has shut sunrise down to one lane today so they could pave. (laughs) If anybody knows anybody, call them and tell them that was a bad idea. So in between all that, there's just the daily stuff, there's the hard things. Okay, throw in on top of that sick kids, loss of a job, infidelity in marriage, Bigger issues, struggles with in laws, all those things, it's like a recipe for disaster. So, how do we do it? So, the first step is has got to come from our relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, as Tom talked about our pastor this past week, he talked about when Jesus was on earth, he said, I am the way. The truth, the lie. He didn't say I was a way. He said, I am the way. So first we have to understand there's not a bunch of really feel-good things where we can say, where we can pick and choose what makes us happy. If we believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior, then we believe that this is his love letter to us, and this is what we hang on to. This is what we live our lives by. This is what we put our hope in. And that makes a big difference. Because as much as I adore my husband, my hope cannot be in him. It just can't. My emotional happiness and well-being cannot be in him. My hope cannot be in how gifted my child is or how early they started reading or how great a gymnast they are. My hope, again, has to be in Jesus Christ. So our desire must, our desire to persevere must stem from the belief that Christ in us gives us strength. Philippians 4.13, which is in your magazine, um, is it's noted there, and it says, uh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. From a Christian perspective, to persevere means to continue in grace to the very end. Now, there's two different types, I think, of perseverance. There's the grit-your-teeth perseverance, where you're just hanging on, and they better not screw up, or you're going to... You know, and then there's the perseverance where you have a different type of peace and a different type of um, hope, because you're not placing pressure on them, you're letting God do the work in them, and that is a whole other story, but it can happen. But it means to stay, stay the course, stay the track. I love this. Winston Churchill said, "If you're going through hell, keep going. Keep going, keep walking. You'll get through it, you will." And it's not just a little cute saying, I'm telling you, you will. I have been through tough, tough times and seasons in my marriage, and honestly, I felt like the only thing I could persevere through was about a half gallon of ice cream. Um, But And and literally, I I say that truthfully, too, that I remember, and some of you heard my testimony, but I remember sitting in the kitchen, at that time the mom of two very young girls, making a plan for what I was going to do if I became a single mother. So where do we go and what do we do when we reach the very end of our rope? And let me just say that I know some of you in this room are there. You're at the end of your rope. You don't know what to do next. So the first thing we do is we go to Jesus. We go to Jesus and we go to his word. And what I love so much about this book is how much the author loves us out of anyone that he could have chosen, he has written to each one of us such words of hope and encouragement and understanding and compassion, and he knows that we get tired. He knows we get really tired. He knows we mess up. He knows that we give up too easily sometimes, and yet he looks at us so compassionately. And so I want to give you a couple of encouragements, um, just verses that I still use and still hang on to Um, and these are verses that um, I've used in my marriage and also in uh, parenting my kids the first one again these are in your book uh, under number one it just says this is on page six and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. A little caution here is that it's easy to allow your family to get all your leftovers. To, because, to be honest, it's way, it's way more rewarding for me to speak to you guys than it is to do the laundry at my house. Nobody comes up and says, oh, the way you folded my T-shirts, that was just like so amazing, and you just have touched my life, the way you match my socks, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, this shirt's wrinkled, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's way more rewarding, and in my flesh, I want to say, well, I'd rather spend all my time with all my fun friends then sit at home and do laundry or keep my house the way it needs to be or stay up with whatever I need to stay up with. So, I want to encourage us that that our family, our husband first and then our children, they deserve our first fruits. They are how we should spend and tithe our time most intentionally. And I am still not an expert on this, but it it is the goal that my, my husband and my kids reap those rewards first. It's also, when you're in the middle of stuff like this, it's incredibly challenging to remain spiritually healthy when you feel exhausted and like you want to quit. And if you're in the middle of a difficult marriage, if you're in the middle of a difficult relationship, it becomes even more important that you remain spiritually strong by surrounding yourself with people that will love you and tell you what you need to hear versus what you want to hear, and also that you stay healthy by eating well and walking and whatever you need to do to make sure that your heart and mind is, is where it needs to be. And, you know, the guy that wrote this, Paul, he was undergoing an incredible— I mean, he had been beaten and jailed and all these different things, and he's writing this. He's telling us, don't get tired of doing good. And and so I want you guys to understand that this world, this life, and as precious as it is and as amazing as our children and our husbands can be and as wonderful as it is to have our homes, this is not all there is. Do you understand that, girls? This is not all there is. I'm so glad because if this was it, if it was all just linen closets till I die, I would be very discouraged. The second verse that... I hang on to is from James chapter one, and this is verses two through four. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. What does it mean? How do you count it all joy? I don't get that. There are times when I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to learn (laughs) from this, this, this thing that whatever's happening is happening, but I'd like to figure out what it is pretty quick so I can get through it. But it's interesting that when Paul writes that, he says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. He doesn't say if, he says when, because living here... Have any of you ever had trials? Nobody? Okay. Um, So he doesn't say if, he says when, and he's giving us kind of a heads up, just like when I've spoken before about the verse where Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. He tells us this, and he says, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. I love that he included that last part in the verse. Um, One of, I think, one of the most amazing historical figures ever is Winston Churchill, who I quoted earlier. Um, Sometime if you have a little bit of time, just get on your phone, look up some information. These are just very few of his incredible um, accomplishments. He was prime minister in the UK for over 10 years. He was a writer and he won a Nobel Prize for literature. He was a historian. He was involved in politics for 50 years. He was in military service on the front lines. He was one of the first ones in the United Kingdom to warn about Hitler, and he was the one that gave the the, uh, European nations a resolve to fight him. Then he, years later, warned about the Iron Curtain going up. He was voted in 2002 the greatest Britain citizen of all time also known as the most influential British man in history and there's a there's a speech that he gave and I want you to just listen to this he says never give in Never give in, never, 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 in nothing great or small, large or petty. Never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force, never to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. We stood alone, all alone, a year ago. And to many countries, it seemed that our account was closed. We were finished. All of this tradition of ours, our songs, our school history, this part of the history of this country was gone, finished, and liquidated. And what he's talking about there is the fact that there were a lot of nations that were like, Yeah, we're not, we don't believe what, what you're saying there, you're crazy. And he hung on to his convictions. He never, ever, 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 ever gave in. And so, lastly, I want to tell you guys this. Are you ready? You ready? You ready? Okay. Two of you are ready, good. You are not alone. You are not alone. How many of you know every single person in this room? I don't. This room is full of people just like you, with kids that are struggling, with marriages that are floundering, with finances that are tight and you don't know how you're going to make it. With frustrations, exhaustion, disillusionment. That's us. We come together in this room to encourage one another to hang in there, to persevere. But I want you to not sit in your little bubble when you walk in this room and think all these women somehow, somehow, somehow magically have something that I don't. The thing. The only thing that I believe you need is Jesus Christ. Him alone. He is the game changer. He is the one that changes and redeems and restores. And I'm telling you, we serve a God, and I have seen it in my own life, who gives us beauty for ashes. And I'm telling you, my marriage was ashes, And it is beautiful now, 21 years in. So I want you to have hope, and I want you to know you are not alone. And now I want you to do two things. One, I want you to get serious about your relationship with Jesus. Quit wandering around wondering what you should do with your life and wondering why you don't know what to do when you have your instructions. Okay? That's one. Two, I want you to reach out. Look around this room. We are all just ladies, and we all need help. Some of us a little more (laughs) than others. Okay? So get serious about your relationship with Jesus, if that means a Bible study, if that means calling somebody, asking for help. What if you don't know the Bible? You've never had a Bible. You weren't raised in a church. When we get up here and we talk about all these Bible people, you have no idea who we're talking about ask. We will walk you through it. We will put people with you that can do that. And then if you feel alone, you come, you talk to somebody because that's why we gather. Got it? Got it? Okay. I want to give you one little thing that'll be a fun thing to tell your husbands um, if they're interested in. We are having a Rio men's retreat that's coming up on uh, the weekend of May 13th through 15th. There's going to be a lot of information on our website. Um, You can get on there, and we'll tell you more in the upcoming weeks. But it's May 13th through the 15th, and those guys have a ton of fun. It is um, $200 to go, but we also have scholarships available. So if you feel like this would be something that would be beneficial to your husbands, uh, please talk to us. We would love to have them go and just have a great weekend with some other guys. And let me just pray for us. Lord, we're so thankful for your love for us and for your patience and compassion with us. We're thankful that we have your word to read, to take in, to rely on, to learn from. And Father, I pray that we would put ourselves in your hands, that we would drop our guard, that we would tear down all the walls that we built to protect ourselves, and that we would be vulnerable enough that you can change us, that you can do your work in us. And Lord, I know I, I know that you are aware of every struggle in this room. And so, Father, I pray that you would do what you do so beautifully over and over again, that you would redeem our ashes, that you would take all the broken parts and pieces of our worlds and that you would take those things, put them back together in a way that we never thought possible. And, Father, that we would do more in our lives than just suck it up and hang in there, that it would be more than just gritting our teeth and persevering, but it would be thriving as we persevere. It would be joyful as we hang on to you and to your word and that we would look to you to be our hope. And so, Lord, we lay those things at your feet. We trust you with them. I thank you for these precious women, and I pray that they would look around with renewed vision today and that they would see that they are not alone. In your name we pray. Amen.